Thor Ackerlin, and welcome to Video Game Bullshit. This is Master Daniel Piscina. Get over here to Video Game Bullshit. This is Jeffrey Wittenhagen. I'm an author of multiple gaming books, including collector's guides for both the Nintendo and Super Nintendo. I'm a huge fan of action RPGs like The Legend of Zelda and obscure systems like the Neo Geo and TurboGrafx-16. And we've got God. Hey, hey. I'm big into uh, no death runs, high score runs, uh, collector of all things, vintage and retro. Uh, pretty much anything video game related. Also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. Please call our number, leave a voicemail or a text message at 262-264-VGBS. Alright, so what we have here is one of the BGBS Kickstarter backers that chose to be a guest and bullshit with us. So my name's Isa. I am uh, a Nintendo Age user. My name's the hero there. Um, I'm a pretty big user on there. Yeah. Isa the hero. Um, yes. You're on Nintendo Age. Nintendo That's Age right. Is a crazy place for collectors. So, so what? Yes. Do you, what's your favorite console? Obviously, is it Nintendo, or what do you like best about it? Do you or do you just collect? Do you play? Are you a homebrew mastermind? <laughs> well let's see my favorite system um if i had to choose from the retro systems i think i like super nintendo better than nintendo i'm more of a super nintendo i'm a snest guy um i think i i feel that i like there's certain games i like in nintendo but i feel that the super nintendo kind of takes those games to a different level you know, you take Super Mario World versus Super Mario Brothers. I mean, Super Mario Brothers is a great game, but I mean, I think Super Mario World's kind of a masterpiece in comparison to Zelda versus, you know, uh, A Link, Link to, to the, the Past. past. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Zelda's not, like, the original Zelda's not the kind of game I like. I I'm, I can play Link to the Past over and over again, but the first Zelda, I'm like, yeah, I, I beat it like once or twice, you know, and I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> um, I like Nintendo 64, too. Um I kind of grew up with Super Nintendo, PlayStation. These are the systems that I kind of knew. I like collecting. I collect for all platforms, um, in newer platforms too, like PlayStation 4 and stuff like that. I like the limited run kind of games. I like collecting kind of rare, limited, you know, and I like homebrew type games where it's like a limited number are made. So those are the kind of things I like. Yeah, I noticed that you kind of nab up homebrews and, and games <laughs> as soon as they pop up. Like you're you're over there competing. <laughs> you almost so Kyle wasn't wasn't on Nintendo Age this last weekend, but uh, Mega Cast Studios had almost Hero the limited edition, and you and Ferris Bueller were going back and forth. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It was freaking awesome i i was like i told james because i was with james last weekend because he was at replay fx the convention right um, and so i'm like well dude i'm gonna bid and we're best case i get the game worst case i at least wake ferris up because i know he's waiting for me to bid <laughs> right he was waiting and it, like it was hilarious too because then he's like yep ferris like i'm getting this that's all i could see <laughs> like, I was working. I was working, so I missed the the cutoff date. I totally forgot about it too. I think I was in Las Vegas. I was actually in Las Vegas when the bid ended, and I was just I'm focusing on my summit that I was at. So, oh, okay. you know, 
So I totally forgot about the auction, you know, and I was like, oh my God, there's, and the time is different because you're in, um, what is it? Like, is it Pacific time? Yeah, you're, you know, Pacific. Yeah. yeah. And so it's Pacific. very different than NA time. So I'm like, which is Eastern time. So I'm it's like, oh way earlier. It's like three hours earlier, two hours exactly. earlier. Yeah. Yeah, so I lost track time of time. Two, I think. Because Central's one back, Mountain's two back from Nintendo A's time. I think Pacific is either three or four back. It's ridiculous. It's three hours because at, at work we always try to have planning calls like, you know, at 10 or 11 because, you know, you got to have mercy on people in Pacific and Mountain. <laughs> Having mercy making them come in super early. 6 a.m. and shit. Like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, so that's it's crazy though. So I've I've noticed that uh, a lot where people just like miss it just by like a second. I've done it with eBay often. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's true. So one way I could see our conversation going is we could do a Nintendo H chat. Because <laughs> Kyle and I have talked extensively about collecting and things, but we haven't talked about the current state of Nintendo age. In a right. Mm-hmm. It's time to Which, go deep. That would be pretty fun. Um, sure. The other aspect is, what were the, what were the other things you said were of interest? I think you messaged, messaged us on, or messaged me on Facebook. Well, the things that I'm interested in are probably like history. Um, I'm interested in like how games and the certain kinds of, you know, aspects of change, uh, how games have changed throughout time. Like, games from now have changed from games in the past, you know? So I think that's interesting topic too. I'm interested. I can talk about anything, anything about games, you know, I'm, I'm on. (laughs) (laughs) So so our homework right now that we're working on smash TV. So we're going, woo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We, uh, we've been playing it pretty nonstop and, Smash TV, oh, that game that's sort of like, uh, what is it, Running Man? It's like a Running Man game. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yep. Basically. Eugene Jarvis. Yeah, Jarvis is at it again. That's actually a crazy thing to think about, like, because we had a panel last year at Arcade and Video Game Room Expo, and Eugene Jarvis l- listened to our panel last year. Wow. And <laughs> that fucked up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, that's meta shit. Now we're playing <laughs> game on our bullshit homework. Without even like thinking about that, now we're like, wow, God damn. Defender God too. Damn. Uh, yeah, he also did Defender, so yeah, he's pretty much a god. Like, yeah. Wow. Oh, and um, I remember the name of the '90s version of Defender. By the way, I was messaging Kyle and I talked via email. It's Strike Force, like the wrestling fucking tag team. Oh, like, Strike Force. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Roma and Tito Santana, or some right. shit. No wait, Tito Santana and Rick the Model, Rick Martel. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't cool. the model yet. <laughs> yeah, we always get off the wrestling path. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Tons of craziness. So one aspect we could talk about, we sure. could talk about how Nintendo age has changed. We could yeah. talk about how homebrews are different than games that were released on the NES and the dichotomy mm. between the quality and programming. And I see a lot of parallels in that. Um, we could talk that, but we've talked about homebrews a lot too. So we kind of wanted to leave it up to you with what specific topic you want to go through so we don't kind of take over too much. Just a little bit. I don't mind. Yeah. You know, we can talk about anything. One thing that's actually of real interest to me is how video games and entertainment can interconnect. Like, what about okay. having a good video game movie? You know, how can okay. that, is that a possible situation? Can that occur? You know, that's something... That's interesting. See, I'm actually an actor. That's one of my jobs that I do. So, nice. like, I'm actually working on a script for a movie that I would like to produce in the future if I do nice. well in my acting career. So, that would be something of that's definitely of interest to me personally. Well, most of the time, the video game to movie, uh, the adaptations are very strange. But right? I say, like, Mortal Kombat's probably the best that I've seen. I agree. Of- yeah, hundred percent agree. I've never seen anything better than that personally. That's the first one is well, and and my in my opinion, yeah. Mortal Kombat parallels Enter the Dragon very closely. Oh yeah, Bruce Lee. Yeah, the island, the tournament. Bruce Goro, Lee is Goro, Liu Kang, the bad guy. Shang Tsung to the main end boss of oh, big time. Bruce Lee fights with the claw. 
That's basically Shane. Basically the same plot line. Yeah. Oh, a Sonic animated movie is good. <laughs> I was yeah. thinking about live action. Live action movies are, you know, I think would be it's the thing that I think would be interesting because they had the Castlevania series, which oh yeah, yeah I, I yeah, watch yeah. it. We I thought it was interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's the, the the first episode is like all Dracula. Yeah, it's then, like the backstory to set up current times in the show. Where were where are the bats? Where are the dogs? Like, where are all the stuff that's from Castlevania? None of it was there. They had some weird creature that I've never seen in any Castlevania that I played. You know? Yeah, <laughs> taking liberties, right? Like <laughs> that, that weird that weird creature reminded me of what was in Arena of Time when you went in the graveyard. That crazy looking guy. That's what it reminded me. of. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm like, this is the wrong. Oh series. my god. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, it was pretty cool, but you're right. They had none of the classic horror monsters. Yeah. Um, they kind of wanted to go their own way. It was animated, of course. And and this I do have a, a live action, and Madamont over here in our chat room is talking about fucking you bowl movies now. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, come on now. I hope that Issa's not going to be doing some you bowl type shit with his movie. <laughs> so my question is, Instead of doing a script, have you thought about possibly translating your movie into a book? Well, I actually talked. Do you know who Don Bluth is? I do. I won an Indiegogo thing, so I actually had a conversation with him, and I was nice. talking to him about my thing. And he 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 led me. He said first about storyboarding my thing. So I was drawing out the animations to my scenes. He said first, before you want to do your script, he says you first want to write a synopsis. Then if your synopsis is good, you write two pages. Then you write 10 pages, just kind of like talking about making your story, you know, like you just write the story down like a book. So mm-hmm. you start off writing a book before you write the script. That's what he said. Ah, yes, exactly. Cause you want to so I'm working on that. Yeah. Because the thing that first pops into my head is the current book that's going to be a movie, which is Ready Player One. And that is based off of a video game world that doesn't exist because it's kind of virtual reality. And then it hits all the 80s and 90s nostalgia pop on top of it, which is pretty rad. And that's being directed by Spielberg. (laughs) The one problem I have with it personally is I'd like to just be in the video game world itself. Like instead of us being, you have the human world in the video game world, like you have the He-Man, you know what I'm talking about where you go to you know, like Masters of the Universe, you go to Modern World or Beastmaster 2, you go to the Modern World. I'm like, yeah. let's just have a universe which is completely the video game universe and has all the stuff from that universe. Because it's kind of, I don't know, I think it, it can be good, but it would be interesting to see a movie that just like really does it well where you have the video game universe depicted and the, the kind of using the same mythology that's from that universe, but then bringing yeah, stuff that's ready, new ready to it. I saw the trailer for it. Oh, I didn't you, read the book. You, okay, so if you read the book, that actual desolate real world is described verbatim exactly how he shows it almost. In I my see. Mind, how I read it, he escapes to this virtual reality, which uh. is literally life because the world has turned to such shit that people just go into that to live now. And mm. he's so poor that he can't afford to do it normally. So he literally like is like hiding in some weird area to go in and he's hunting for these quote unquote treasures, kind of like from the sword quest series. He's looking for these <laughs> treasures so he can become a multi-billionaire type thing. It's, it's really cool. Like it seriously reminds me of like going for the sword quest stuff back in the day. Like, mm. Oh yeah. We get the crown and stuff, right? Yeah. And, and literally uh, Ernest Klein sits there and references pop culture the whole freaking time, which is awesome. It's funny when I saw the trailer, it didn't look that bad. I mean, it looked a little cluttered and stuff, but I was mm-hmm. like, if I was living there, I would would have said like, I would have thought this was like a living hell. I'd be like, yeah, it seems like a kind of cluttered city, but it doesn't seem that awful. Because I've been to places like I've been to like third world countries, mm-hmm. looked a lot worse than that. You know? Well, exactly. <laughs> so I think it'll be interesting to see how they depict it fully and right. if the game world when they showed that that was kind of off for me a little bit a little bit shoot 80s neon <laughs> the tron yeah 
Yeah. Because well, I, I imagined it, like, I didn't imagine the actual game role because he didn't really describe the outside. But I, he described, like, kind of, like, rooms. Like, we would have the Kyle Meister room where it would be literally his living man cave game room that you would walk into and the arcades are in there and freaking games and his toys. And it'd literally be a depiction of what you want, what you see in that room. But I didn't really go from point A to point B. I didn't see the outside in my head. So that's the thing about reading it first. And I literally couldn't put the book down when I started reading it. So it's a good one. Very cool. Very cool. I liked Ender's Game. I was a big uh, aficionado of that. Like it was, I, that's, I kind of had an Ender's Game vibe from it. I think they did go into a virtual reality world in Ender's Game also when they They do do. the military, um, you know, mock fights and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah, they, they definitely do. And it's, I mean, it'll be cool. And that's where, like, that's a route, though, where you could get your idea out there and get more people to see it is if you actually put put out the book. And, I mean, Higgins Alley Books is a publisher. So, I mean, I know how to do Kickstarters, and I help out everybody who's passionate. So That might be really cool. I'm, I'm going to work on the thing. And then, yeah, we can talk about that. That sounds and, cool. And then we can get uh, Don Blue's buddy who did one of my covers, Philo Barnhart, who just did my NES Oddities cover. He was an actual animator for Don Blue. We can get we can get him to do a cover for you or something. Like, That's so awesome. That's really cool. You're passionate about doing cool stuff and making content, creating content. Like shit, we'll help out. Yeah, one of the big secrets is like having someone draw that for you. That has you know that clout in the community just because it's it it raises it elevates it to like a whole nother level. Mm. You know. Very fair, especially from people like looking from the outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when when they say don't judge a book by its cover, everybody judges a book by its cover. You're right, absolutely. <laughs> oh, this this was drawn by the guy that does uh, garbage the dragons layer. Like, oh, oh my god, like <laughs> dragons layer, garbage pail kids. Same thing. Like that was my first book, and why it went crazy is it had all those little pieces. And basically, you just have to make sure that you're real, especially if you with file. You guys just gotta make sure you reel them in and tell them exactly what you want because he will draw verbatim what you want. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's really is, cool. He, I mean, he he not only did um, Dragon's Lair, but he also did the Black Cauldron, Secret of Nim, Little Mermaid, Space Ace. Space Ace. Oh, he was with the little, he was still with the Disney crew with Little Mermaid. Because I know a lot of the Don Bluth crew shifted over. Um, they said at Fox of the Hound, they had worked on it and they left. So maybe this animator was still on with the Little Mermaid, then took off afterwards. Well, his dad was Ray Barnhart, who did all the animation before that, all the way from like Cinderella, Snow White. Wow. Dad. And they were all in Mary Poppins, including Philo. Like he- Philo did a lot of the dark stuff, like Ursula, you know, and then he did Secret of Nim, which is fucking incredible. It's amazing. You're right. Oh my God. <laughs> Childhood love. Exactly. It, it would all be about if you can you know, convey your idea through the actual book to a point where you get it through crowdfunding to get it out to people, get it on Kickstarter, it hits wave and get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, whatever. And then, you know, perfect storm is another way besides for just writing your script and shooting that out the traditional, ridiculously difficult Hollywood way. (laughs) Yeah, right. I started writing my script, but I'm going to – I think I'm going to write the book first. So I wrote the synopsis to the book, and uh-huh. then I'm going to start, you know, kind of metting it out, you know. And I guess it yeah. helps. Like, I've been in graduate school for a long time, so, like, I've learned how to do – like, write dissertation-type stuff. So I can yeah. I can do that. You know, I, I'm able to do that. I mean, shit, my book started when I finished graduate school, and then it's like, all right, what do I do next? And it's like, all right, start publishing books. <laughs> well that's the whole thing about graduate school that's what you get yeah is you write you publish books that's what you do yeah no. freaking insane oh. it's amazing and <laughs> i mean it's it's one of those things though where i think it'd be cool if you could get at least some sanity behind it if you know if the game world's awesome you got to be able to put it out there and the thing is if we are in a world where it's self you do it by yourself now 
and you can get just as far as the big companies like me going through a book publisher or actually becoming a publisher works more beneficial to me like than actually going in with a, a traditional book publisher ground pound staff because they're not going to give you anything because it's, it's just like hollywood trying to go through a book publisher same thing it's like near impossible I know, like as an actor, it's hard to even get good roles. You know what I mean? Like I've been doing acting for a while, and I've, I've gone and done some training videos, like for DoubleTree, you know, the hotels, and for yeah. um, a police. I did a police training video too, but I've done a lot of like independent films. So I've been trying to get. It's hard to get the big kind of roles, you know. Let's get BGBS. Let's get bullshit deep into it. Um, <laughs> is I see like if you go about something, and this isn't just acting this isn't writing this is everything if you go about something the normal way you're a small fish in a big pond but yeah if you think of a unique way to get that same idea out there like taking your script into a book first kind of what ernest klein did that nobody's really following suit with him right now but if you think of a different way to go about it to get noticed and you're the first one you could catch fire in a way that you never thought would happen literally create something new <laughs> mm, it's, yeah it's crazy you got to think about it like from a different perspective it's tough to do too like, out of the box I, at my summit we talked about that like we were talking about positive thinking and mm-hmm. one of the one of the workshops was on out of the box where like we had to do this kind of training thing where we had this box and we would all step into the box. He said, get in the box. Right. And so we all got in the box. Right. But then he made the box smaller and smaller, but then we had to figure out how to get in the box because no, not all of us could fit into that box. So we yeah. had to come up with the creative idea of putting our name tags and putting in, in the box and putting our name <laughs> tags into the box and you get in the box, even though, and that's thinking out of the box, you know? Exactly. And it, it, it's a perfect example and it was the same thing with us. Like we're trying to do a podcast, but Kyle and I just have chemistry because we've known each other forever. We already were talking and we saw the podcasting as a way for us to, you know, dig deep into stuff, which we would do. And we figured out a way to just make it work, you know, and, and like we took the podcast and, and what did we do to think outside the box guy with the Kickstarter? Yeah, and we're still thinking out of the box because the next one's going to be just as creative. Cool. More surprises, more surprises away. I got those custom SNSs from those Kickstarters, so I'm really happy with my Zelda and a Chrono Trigger. I uh-huh. found the Zelda one on eBay, and I got it for a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Issa actually got both custom Super Nintendos from the complete SNES Kickstarter. Both of them. Oh damn! Somebody wasn't happy with it. Badass. eBay, and he, he freaking snagged that shit up in seconds. <laughs> damn right, he's not fucking around. I don't know. It's amazing. And we were talking like with VGBS, it's like, all right, so we have a podcast. Every podcast, you listen to them, they have these bullshit ads or sitting there talking, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, it was just like when I sat in this Tempur-Pedic mattress that we need to go. (laughs) Oh, I hate that shit, man. (laughs) It's like it just ruins the whole flow. Like, God damn it. (laughs) God damn it. God damn it. (laughs) <laughs> but no that's the thing like and we're like well we hate that shit so we're not gonna do shit we don't like i feel you however yeah. like 
to buy vgbspodcast.com. That costs money. If we want better recording material, figure out a way to raise some funds. And we thought outside the box and we're like, well, what if we just did like what Mega Man 9 did and put a Nintendo cartridge with like a disc inside, which that'd be cool. Uh, but what would be cooler? Having it on a fucking playable NES cartridge. Like, wow. read the synopsis. And I already am working with Yoda, Damien Yurk, Teples. I don't know if you know Teples on Nestev. Him and Memblers. Memblers is on Nintendo Age. They I know Memblers. I know Memblers. Yeah. So Memblers and Teples established Nestev back in the day. Nestev is where the actual people program the homebrews and do the hardware. And so Teples is already working on a program with me because I'm working on a Choose Your Own Adventure book series. And basically the book series, I'm going to have it playable on an NES cartridge in tandem and i'm going to use the nes wooden boxes with that and then the book fits actually in this nes the nes wooden box that is with vgbs season one actually fits paperback book behind it so it's a fucking crazy thing so we literally use that same style to create vgbs one so basically you know we're, we're making it work we were literally able to uh think outside the box, come up with something cool and raise money for the podcast, like enough to cover all our yearly stuff this time. Now, Kyle's alluding to his members actually is the person that might be able to cause an upgrade. Which... Oh, he will. We're going to support him and it's going to be fucking fantastic. Yeah. yeah. He has tons of ideas and he's, it's not going to stop either. I mean, this is just yeah. the beginning. The technology is putting an SD card onto yeah. the actual chip. That's where the technology comes in. And now think about MP3s, but then think about what else from that can be created. Then you can combine that with what's actually on the chip. We're talking mm. some sick shit, and that's where the technology is getting amazing. And exactly, SD card on a chip. And the thing is, though, is that we don't know any the limitations we don't know if we can literally take the program that we have for vgbs season one and rewrite some of the base code to call the sd card to play the audio that would be awesome no one's done that that's the no beautiful part you know that it's uh, pioneering i guess <laughs> exactly and i don't know of any author that released a book and a nintendo game uh about games <laughs> <laughs> and it's your Joe adventure, but like a game book that's in the game is uh, is the book, co- like at the same time, cut crazy shit. I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna say CDI tried to do something like that, but and and Phoenix uh, Games tried to do that, but it was pretty horrendous. The effort that they did, they tr- did it on disc based <laughs> systems yeah. where they would yeah. put like the Bible games and they would put it on the CDI, and it was like whoa, this is pretty awful, you know? Like, that yeah. you have a coloring book and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, who is this directed toward, you know, like, five-year-olds? or That's the whole thing, too, with the coloring book. And, like, even even just, like, the CDI had weird games, like the one where you just, there was, like, a gallery of flowers or something, <laughs> right? Like, and, what the oh fuck God. is that? So in, in chat, Matamont is saying he thinks there's a Game Boy cart with a Bible on it. And, King James and, Bible. There is. Yes, it's worth a ton. Pretty it's rare. worth a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So my idea for the box would be a choose your own adventure book that's based on the Worlds of Power series. The Worlds of Power series from the late 80s, early 90s was about Nintendo games. Oh, yeah. But I'm going to do it about indie games, like new games. So like talking with our buddy Saramaro, who works on Henshin Engine for the PC Engine, they're doing an NES port do it in that world that would be one i could do one in the world of black box challenge which is that game's that's the game that was associated with my first kickstarter it's almost out hopefully by the time this podcast launches it'll be out in people's hands should be soon uh but like oh yeah that and then having that readable but there's an actual book based on it too and it's written at the same time that's mm. the and i think choose your choose your own adventure is a really great medium as well like i read all the star yes. wars uh choose your own adventure books and i thought they were wonderful you know they bring amazing. you right into, into the star wars world so i think that's a great medium to have because 
you can do that. Like you can have that on the, on the cart itself. And it's, and it's uh-huh. like a book and stuff like that. And you could be very innovative with it, you know, maybe throw a few yeah. animations in there and it'll be real fun. It's that's, yeah. that's much smarter than dr- putting a coloring book or having some audio book of the book and the person reads you the book, you know, I think that's a far smarter and innovative way of dealing with it and probably even less um, work that you would have to do in the regards of like programming, you know, compared yeah. to the other one. What you just said is fucking crazy though, because you said the audio book where the person reads you the book, like essentially you could put like audio books onto cartridges. Now we can do that too. The new <laughs> program. Wow. Oh, I was thinking, Dude, that's sick. Like, <laughs> and then eventually you could even have graphics that coordinate to the parts of the story. Well, that's you know, already, like, once you get VGBS season one, that already is possible. Um, so that's I, sick, wow. dude. Yeah, that there's, so there's multiple images that are on VGBS. Yeah. I kept it very simplistic. It's literally, Sarumaro's art is on the cartridge. There's this is like a gold mine. So like it's um basically on the his program that Temples wrote is like basically like a box where the text is in, and then you have a cursor that selects the option. So you can have as many options as you want. And on the left left of the box right now he has imagery. So literally you can switch out the imagery and in the choose your own adventure, like every few pages there was a a picture and it was a standard black and white picture. And I'm going to continue to do that same style. I already have artists that are wanting to do the, the artwork too. So I bet. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. Yeah. And that's thinking it's outside. Exploding though. It's, it's so, going nuts. So that's what you got to do when you're, when you're thinking of your idea is how do you get it out there and do something cool with it? It's not even yeah. something different. You just got to do some cool shit. If you she think it's cool, fun. if you would buy it, thinking from out, from an outside perspective, you would want it, that's what you got to make. You know what's interesting? We were talking about Castlevania, right? We were talking yeah. about the series. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because I was my script is based on that series in itself. That's what I actually wanted to write about, which is interesting, you know? And uh-huh. I saw the script, and I because it was interesting when I saw the series, I'm like, they took a very different perspective than I would have taken when they did it, their narrative. They focused a lot on stuff that really didn't have to do with the series. Like, for example, they had, you know, because my background's actually in graduate schools in comparative religion. Okay. I found it really fascinating that they have this perspective where, and I don't think they, I don't think they thought about this when they wrote this, but they had, the, it was like the third or fourth episode where they basically were saying, oh, um, he's very much against the church. He was excommunicated from the, from the, I, we're assuming it's the Catholic church, you know, it yeah. doesn't say it, yeah. but it's, it's like, pretty like clear. The families, the Roman Catholic family. church. Yeah. Family yes. Was excommunicated yeah. in Romania. Transylvania. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think they might have done that on purpose to make it a little deeper, <laughs> but the, but they have a problem though, because he kind of insults, he insults the, he insults these priests. He insult he says they're basically corrupt. The protagonist, uh, Trevor or Ralph Belmont. In Japan, he's called right. Ralph Belmont. Yes, correct. Well done. <laughs> well played. <laughs> Ralph. And well, well played. I, I, saw, I saw it in Japanese. I, I got the subtitles when I saw it in Japanese. Huh. I didn't really like the type of British accent. I didn't really want to hear that very much, you know? But, <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, we love voices. <laughs> yeah, we did and it was really funny because they did this. They have the scene. Then he goes and he fights the monsters. Like who? Not a no monster from any of the series. The monster doesn't exist in any of the series. Which, which I'm like, which I'm like, this is crazy. You that have sucks. all these amazing monsters from so many. Dracula's Curse, which is a great game. A huge you know. bestiary to choose from. Like, come on, huge. And they couldn't choose. They had only the Cyclops. Only the Cyclops was oh, in right, it. Right from part three. Yeah, like, come uh-huh. on. That's it. And, and it's interesting because the Cyclops <laughs> is not even found in that area. The Cyclops is found in some open area. He's not found in some catacomb area, but because uh, sure, I, I, beat, I beat I beat Dracula three because I, I and I knew it because I know it very well. And and Cypher, the character Bill passes herself off as a man. She doesn't pass as her, her. It's you assume that she's a man the entire right. time. I was thought when end. I was a kid. Yeah, she was. Because that's the purpose. But then they said, oh, no, she's a woman. And here's all the speakers. And they did a lot of talking. I was like, um, Castlevania's wow. about action, not too much talking. Let's, let's cut the, the talking down. 
that's the big reveal when you beat it with Sypha. She throws her hood back and her exactly. hair flows out and Trevor like puts his arm around her and they're like Exactly. Which is awesome because that's like what Simon's lineage is. Like Sypha was that to me is like how the game was really beaten if it was a movie. See, that's what I think what you're thinking with a movie. You'd want it to like almost be more like the game uh, more loyal to it at least exactly. at the very least exactly yeah, we should talk about that more like would you start it from where where would you start the actual beginning you think so well, my my script is actually a different character so my character lives in a village right and basically his village gets attacked by the minions of Dracula who want to revive Dracula, sort of like similar to Rondo of Blood, where it begins off where they're trying to sacrifice maidens to bring back Dracula. So his village or a neighboring villages get attacked. So he is gets drawn into this, sort of like, you know, how Star Wars works, where the character lives their kind of normal life and they get drawn into it. So he's not a warrior to begin with. He, he actually okay. has... He comes from a magician type, a magical type of village, you know. So he has magical cool. prowess. So yeah, he's able I to like use the magic. Parallels to Rondo, it makes people think of Rondo as well, which is another great Castlevania memory. Besides for the minions too, full circle. Exactly. And so what happens basically is this character gets drawn into this narrative, and then it's revealed, and I, it's a spoiler, I guess. It's revealed that he comes from the Belmont lineage himself, and he finds out that he's he's a descendant of the Belmont lineage. And, it, and it, it's a part of actually the series that already exists, but it's a loose end, because I've been researching the lore of Castlevania, and it's a loose end that was never really connected, you know. So hmm. my character, it fits into this story, and um, I think it's kind of an interesting thing, because we see him... We see him developing, so he has magical powers, but he's not a great warrior, and he has to develop. He develops throughout the time. He has his own magical powers, and he great develops warrior powers based on his own bloodline, and he has to be able to um, overcome, because every because one thing I don't like in action movies in general is uh, um, the characters are usually, they have curb stop battles, where they, a hero just easily defeats the opponent, right? Oh, yeah. My protagonist, <laughs> I don't want that. I want my protagonist to develop and has to learn skills and techniques in order to overcome their opponents, you know, and have to look into their weakness of the opponent. And that's kind of hinders into the video game too, because that's what you have to do. Like if you played symphony of the night and you fight Dracula, if you're a pretty decent video game player, you can beat that first, you know, Dracula battle. A lot of people can't, you know, like you just get uh -huh. massacred because you they're not used to the old Castlevania style, but if you're really good at that, you can see the, the weaknesses where like the second form Dracula jumps over, you know, jumps over you. And then you go underneath the underneath them, you know, the Dracula and you're able to, you know, exploit that. So that's kind of an important thing in my so perspective. Basically, you're going to have the protagonist kind of be like playing Castlevania three the first time where you kind of learn your way as you get your ass handed to you a little bit. Yes, that's basically basically what happens is he gets his butt kicked a lot. My protagonist uh, gets his butt kicked by most of the enemies, and he has to be able to overcome them by learning learning the uh, situation. Because that's NES. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and you keep falling and dying into the hole. And I actually, and I have a part. <laughs> <in> the... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I actually have a part in my scene where it hinder it, it goes back to that where a character dies like that. <laughs> a character dies by falling into the water. <laughs> yes, has to though. I always thought that actually made sense because he was wearing all that armor, so that would like take you down. You know, like super would. quick. You're um, actually totally right. Do you know about in the Crusades, Emperor Barbarossa, who was in the first Crusade? I think this was in the second Crusade. Where he he gets so hot, and he was and he was a champion in the first crusade. He jumps into this pond of water and he dies because all the water goes into his armor and it puts him in and he can't escape. You know, and it's uh, right at the beginning of the second crusade. You know, that makes total sense. Then you start like freaking out and panicking, and then from there it's lost. You know, <laughs> yeah. And what what I like about what you just said, like it, there's a human aspect where yeah. it, like a lot of action movies let's just take like the arnold ones there's a no selling as far as like uh wrestling with like a no sell like like the ultimate warrior like if you punched him he would act like it, it didn't hurt him 
in that huh. in that aspect, like you already know what's going to happen. There's that. There's not a feeling of like, oh, maybe he's not going to win because you know he's he's just like the, the ultimate badass. So what I do like is that learning yes. aspect, and it's like an RPG, like like leveling up. Sure, and kind of how Rocky Three happened, right? Mister T beat the shit out of him. Yes, embarrassed his ass, overcome shit for a while. He had to train his ass. Are you going to make it as obvious? Because we all knew Rocky was going to beat Mr. T's ass at the end of Rocky 3, even watching it the first time. Is it going to be that obvious that Trevor is going to become the badass to take out Dracula? Because, I mean, we kind of know he does. Or are you going to, like, make it more of a suspense? And that's what happened in the in this series is Trevor is already tough as it is in it as it is. He doesn't really develop all that much, you know. He's already yep. super strong and he just beats everyone up, you know. You know, even when he's drunk, you know, he has that problem in the I think it's the second episode. He has the the whole bar fight and Yeah, the, and the quick bar fight where he kinda doesn't even get touched. Brew pub bro, yeah. And they cut off. I'm like, why did they cut the scene and then he walks out? I'm like this is the part of Castlevania that's interesting is the fight scene. <laughs> they cut the action. <laughs> they cut the like, action, and, and he just comes out, he's like, I beat everyone up in a fight. And Trevor was a religious person in the uh, Castlevania 3. He was not, he was never seen as a kind of a drunkard. Like, they kind of really messed up the character of Trevor Belmont. He was not at all like that, you know? And yeah, he, in the first scene, he's like praying at the church, you know, yeah. before he goes he's, out. He's, I always saw them as a total Catholic family. They they may have been exiled by the the community, but yeah, prayer, right? The epic kneeling in front of the cross, and then it's like, exactly. yeah, let's do this, and mm-hmm. just collecting the crosses throughout all the games too. We exactly. can't forget about that. That kill all the enemies on the screen. The whole rosary thing. So, exactly. Yeah. And that was a major flaw for me. This is the part where I had a major flaw with the whole series, and it, it almost collapsed. Just this one scene where he fights this monster, he fights with Sypha, and he asks all these people to bring put up their lances. Then he asks a random priest that we've never seen before to bring <laughs> holy water to go and fight them. And I'm like, why is this holy water legitimate? These people, according to the whole series, have been illegitimate, corrupt people, but now the holy like water him. is legitimate? Netflix just thought we're going to cash in on this, you know? And that was my problem. I was like, wait a second here. He's he's is he Catholic or is he not? Is he religious or is he not? The way that they present him is that in the seer in the in all the castles are these people are pretty devoutly religious people. They believe they use crosses, they use holy water. These yeah. are devout people. These are not people who are just kind of, you know, I'm drinking in a bar and wasting my time in a bar and all I care about is alcohol. That's I that's that's a that's a Duke Nukem. That's a Duke Nukem character. That's yeah. not that's not that's not a Belmont, you know. It's like people who don't actually play the games. It's almost like the writers weren't fans, like us. Yeah, right. You know, you just right. get that. You just know. You get it. You feel it. Just you remember one thing, Kyle. You remember tell. one thing. Trevor has balls of steel. <laughs> Trevor always was a badass. Simon's the ultimate badass. It's like the yeah. writers had an idea for a cool story and shoehorned Castlevania into it. And they try to take Symphony of the Night and expand on it because that comes from Symphony of the Night, that whole narrative. Yeah. Uh, and it was weird because when did she exist? When did Lisa exist? We don't know what time period she was in. They kind of just threw her in right at the time of where Trevor Belmont existed. And it made it seem like, what's the age difference between Alucard and, and Lisa? Like, yeah, that was yeah, really weird. We can jump right into when we were talking Phobos Friday 13th time. I was just going to say that exactly. continuity, <laughs> continuity exactly. 101, right? Well, the aspect is, is that once she became one with Dracula, it could have affected her aging process. And that that way she could have been countless years old. That's so we can make it the puzzle piece fit. You can make it fit. But here's the thing. It's not explained in the show. So that's not good writing right we we had to do it we had to do it for them (laughs) well why did she go back to the village where she knew that there could be a controversy that she was with this very horrid being it doesn't make any sense really and it simply Knight doesn't explain it either which is fine because Symphony Knight doesn't it leaves it open it doesn't it doesn't try to put the links together it just has this hint that alucard lost his mother due to some kind of you know uh terrible death to her right that, yeah, and that's yeah, fine. Yeah. Now, they that. now they showed it on screen. 
when it doesn't make yeah. sense, it's kind of a kick to the nuts, like, honestly. It's also one of those things, too, where certain things are better off unexplained because if they explain exactly. it, more, yeah. you got it. It yeah. now ruins your nostalgia. Yeah, now you've, like, chiseled Darth Vader. stone, like, Jesus. Yeah, Darth Vader's, like, the uh, best fucking example Ali? ever, actually. Did, did you ever see, ever. what was that thing? Um, what's that movie with the tall man? It's, like, this horror um, Phantasm. 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 Yeah. Why did they have to give the character a backstory? Just make him a scary <laughs> dude that goes and kills people. Leave yeah. it alone. The first That's movie good. was good enough, but they had to like keep making money, milking exactly. the cash. Uh, you know. But yeah, that's what yes. is money ruins the art. The first movie is what. Yeah, just get the first one. <laughs> so, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with the next season if they do Grant. Alucard looks like he's from Symphony of the Night. I'm like, excuse yeah. me, what's going on here? What? Why is Alucard look like he's from Symphony of the Night? Alucard had black hair in Dracula Three. Well, well, and- you know why they did that. They want to make money. They want to make money. <laughs> like, I mean, that's it. They weren't being at all in line with actually how Castlevania Three happened. They're using all of this as buzzwords and ways. That's why it looks like they shoehorn shit in there. And the battle was pretty awful, too, because it's like one minute long. We waited all this time through all this talking, endless talking, to see this one minute of fighting, and that's it? I'm like, fucking Dragon Ball, man. <laughs> the other thing, too, like, with... Oh, I got power up against yeah. 17 episodes. <laughs> Super Saiyan. Fight for one minute. <laughs> with with the Alucard thing, though, like, how could we explain the white hair? It, did he get in the fight with his father, and, like, after that, his hair was just completely white? Because he's still he's, young. His He's hair was still old. white. His hair was white in the fight with him when he gets well, cut in half, you know, gets sliced. And his hair wasn't long in the original. Neither was Dracula's hair either. It was dark, then, so did it just change as the years go by? or It, it changed as animation changed. Well, I mean, <laughs> if if we had to make, like, continuity, like, if oh, it was yeah. our show, how would his hair change? What happened to Dracula could, and Alucard? You could do, like, a fight with that, though. We're, we're open to some kind of like electrical charge, and his hair just ended up being like white or something. I don't know. It could have been time too. It could be like if they live through like you know hundreds of years after the several hundreds of years, their hair grows longer and turns white. I mean, or or it could also be that they can take whatever they can take certain forms that they want to take. You know what I mean? They can take on a form because they're demonic beings, so they can take on different kinds of forms. You know, or pe- yeah. or the protagonists yeah. see whatever makes them comfortable. Right, right. That like works Alucard too. was like, I'm going to distance myself from you, Father. Because at the beginning, he looked a lot like, you know, a chip off the old block in Castlevania 3. So after that, now I'm I'm going to be more human like my mother. Screw you. I'm going my own way. You're evil and I, I don't feel it. So, yeah, maybe it could be just decided to look different. Just huh. to kind of spite his dad a little bit, or you know, but it's you weird. Could... Dracula three, he had dark hair. Like when yes. they both had dark, shorter hair. They had shorter, yes. dark hair. Like like Dracula, like uh, Bella Lugosi. Bella Lugosi. Bella Lugosi. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever played um, Rondo of Blood on PSP? The the Chronicles of Dracula yes. X, where they. Well, it was interesting because uh, that was a game I used to love. I, like I mastered that game pretty. Me down too, to man. Too. We did for that game. bullshit homework. Dude, it was fucking brilliant. <laughs> season one, you're, you're gonna have season one in your possession. You'll be able to experience it with us. <laughs> oh, t- totally! I love that. And oh, what happened? So what happened is in it is that they have Dracula with a kind of like I think he has like a soul patch or like a goatee type of thing, and he's black hair. He has yeah. black hair in that yeah, one, you know. For sure. And they kind of have Richter with shorter hair, like it, that emulates the Dracula X for you know, Super Nintendo. Except in that, he looks like the one from Symphony Night, where he has really long brown hair. But in um, in like the image that you see, is short hair with a like a headband, you know. So it's like Ryu, he after Castlevania Four, Simon uh, with Castlevania Four, Richter was like Ryu. <laughs> exactly, like, he looked like a Ryu. He looked like exactly yeah. like a Ryu with the whip. Yeah, that's what it was, though. It's so weird, though, but it was. Amazing. <laughs> Good times. It's he, true. Did, he was awesome. And, and, and the thing, too, cool. is that's when they 
that's when they introduced my favorite techniques, the um, the item crash moves, which really ups oh, Castlevania to another level. Oh, with the crosses, like, yeah, you feel so good when you hit it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like Smash TV when when you get the power up. It just, it's like a, a nitro boost. It's like, yeah, here we go. It just feels great. Th- those are the great things about the games that balance it out. It's a very well-balanced game. Mm-hmm. What's Smash oh. TV? Rondo and Smash TV, freaking masterpieces. Thank you for listening to VGBS. We appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast. We love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to correspond with us, you can email us at vgbspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a phone number. It is 262264VGBS. You can leave us a voicemail, shoot us a text message, um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also, comment on us, shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right, see you later. Woo! Later!